This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And hey, we're going to get started on today's episode of Locked On MLB. Miller Thomas is back. We're going to be talking about some bets and some advertisement. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over the last decade, and this is now my fifth season that I'm doing here. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, follow us at Sully Baseball. Follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast, and Instagram. The show is at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to us on YouTube and everything else. But I am not alone. Look who's right there. Huh? Huh? Did I lie? Who's that? Who's showing up here? Tell me. Identify yourself. I identify as Miller Thomas, host of Locked on Dimebacks. We are entering, I believe, our fourth season as the host of Locked on Dimebacks. That's right. One, two, three, four. Follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Please follow the show account as well on Twitter and Instagram. Just type in Locked on Dimebacks on the little search bar. And please, please, please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. Hey, uh, before we get started in today's show, we've got a bunch of things we want to talk about. I am going to give a little bit of a shout out to a friend of the podcast who was on the old my old show, which was the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. Um, I know he's a friend of the podcast. His name is Rudy May. Rudy May, uh, a wonderful man, very kind man, very generous man, a grandfather who loves his deep sea fishing going on his boat in Central California. Rudy pitched in the major leagues from 1965, really from 1969 to 1983. Pitched in the World Series for the New York Yankees in 1981. Led the American League in ERA in 1980. And played with many Hall of Famers, uh, including uh, Frank Robinson, hmm. Catfish Hunter, Oof. Reggie Jackson, wow. Jim Palmer, Brooks Robinson, uh, uh, Gary Carter. Uh, Andre Dawson, uh, Rich Gossage, Dave Winfield. These were all of his teammates over the years. As I said, he helped pitch the Yankees to the 1980 American League Championship, American League Eastern Division Championship and pitched in the World Series against Fernando Valenzuela, who we talked about last year. Uh, he pitched and he was a pitcher who, man, he would, whatever he asked him to do, he did. The year he led the league in ERA, he made, pitched in 41 games he only started 17 of those games he finished 13 games but through three complete games whatever manager dick hauser wanted him to do he just did it and he swore by dick hauser who was the manager of the yankees in 1980 he loved uh, uh earl weaver who he played for in, when he was with the orioles in uh, 76 and 77 uh and swore by dick hauser uh, in his time with the yankees as as 
nice and as generous a man as you'll ever want to meet. I know he's having some health issues right now. Uh, we had a nice email exchange just the other day. So I'm just giving Rudy May a shout out and get well, get well soon, get on that boat and go deep sea fishing. And, uh, you know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully all will be well and you'll be good and healthy to fish by the time pitches and catches report. So Rudy May, we're thinking about you. Get well, buddy. Um, let's talk a little bit about, actually, I want to talk one thing because we have, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about some wagering here, but, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday's podcast, boy, it just seemed like we just did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yesterday's podcast, we were talking about uniforms, specifically uniform numbers. Um, a story came out that, uh, your team, yeah. the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be having right there on their uni. Uh, an advertiser patch um, there for the we're seeing what is it what what is it that they're putting on there Avnet Avnet, Avnet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you went to bet online or no sorry FanDuel got a hundred million dollars <laughs> to say I bet that Sully knows what Avnet is you'd lose that bet um, <laughs> I have no clue what Avnet is. No, no, no. I don't, for all I know, it's a beverage company or some sort of financial services or a, like, a, a, like a bomb that you rub on you. What, what is Avnet? Do you know? It's some technology company. In Fine. Arizona. There you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, and look it up because I'm not about to look it up. I don't care enough. But there's going to be on, their, on the Arizona Diamondbacks sleeves, you know, a uh, a box with a looks like a Diamondbacks logo almost and says almost. Avnet. Um, tell me your thoughts about putting advertisements on the uniforms of players because I have some thoughts and I know some people are not happy. Tell me your thoughts. I think I'm okay with the idea of putting advertisements on jerseys. I think you just have to make it look aesthetically pleasing. I think that's the biggest issue that people have with this. I don't think it's the fact that we're putting logos on jerseys that are not, you know, sports related. I think it's the fact they have some eight inch by eight inch mega patch going right there on the side of the Jersey. And it just looks very unappealing to the eye. I saw other people around social media come up with their own version of taking the patch off and putting the logo just directly on the Jersey and color matching it to the D backs colorway, where it just flows seamlessly into the Jersey. You don't even notice it. And it just blends in perfectly. I think if it looked like that, people wouldn't have an issue with it, but I think it's a fact that the big patch that you're putting on the Jersey. Now people are going to have hesitancy as to, are we just going to get more patches on the jerseys? Are we eventually going to look like NASCAR with patches all over? We don't want that. One or two logos. I think we have to put a limit on how many logos we can uh, put on their jersey as well. If it's one or two or three logos where it just blends in perfectly, I'm fine. But once we start putting patches all over the jersey and we look like NASCAR, then I think that's what we'll have an issue. Because at that point, I wouldn't want to buy a sports jersey anymore if it looks like a NASCAR jersey. Those NASCAR jackets, I'm not a big fan of. And if we have MLB jerseys with patches all over, I don't think I would be a big fan. But if it's just one or two logo that blends in seamlessly, then I'm all for it, Sully Baseball, because it puts more money in Ken Kendrick's pockets for him to not spend in the offseason. Yeah, I, I agree with you a lot of that. I mean, there are some people saying having the little Nike swoosh on the uh, on the uniform – I heard more than one person say that's a slippery slope, and I, and I'm sorry. I mean, you probably heard my eyes roll when I said that. And there's some people who are saying that they, you're putting the, 
I, I read more than one article saying this is a slippery slope to having them look like NASCAR drivers. I think there's a big gray area between a patch on the uniform and walking around as a walking billboard. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, I don't know if you've seen baseball like in Japan or the Caribbean League. They've been putting advertisements on those hats, helmets, and uniforms this whole time. If you see Premier League soccer, they're wearing, you know, they're wearing stuff that has the logos of companies that sponsor them. I mean, are we going to pretend that baseball doesn't have sponsorships, that this isn't a money-making organization? Have you seen what the green monster at Fenway Park used to look like? And like during the, the good old days before money took over, it was just a billboard with advertisements all over it, left and right. I, I To me, there are so many things about baseball that I, I, I don't want to say there's so many things I'd want to change because I do love the state of baseball. I would like it to be faster. I would like the pace of play to be a little better. But I, I remember, uh, it must have been 2004, Sorry, Stacy Gutsulius and Lockdown Yankees. But it was when one of the Spider-Man movies came out. So the first Spider-Man movie okay. came out in 02, and the second one came out in, uh, I believe, 04, or maybe 05. And they, I, I don't remember which one it was. So one of you Marvel fans. Would I could tell you, Sully. This is right up my alley. You let right, me well, know. Well, the, at, it was either at Yankee Stadium or at Shea Stadium. It would have made more sense at Shea Stadium because historically, Peter Parker has been a Met fan. Mm-hmm. Um, they had like a little red box that would be on top of a little red square. Sorry, not a box, a square on the bases that had like, you know, the Spider-Man eyes and the name of the film. Let's just say it was Spider-Man. Just to make okay. it so it was Spider-Man. The little Spider-Man logo, you know, the eyes that Spider-Man has and that like a little Spider-Man picture. They didn't have like webs all over it. You know, they didn't have like the Green Goblin at one and Doc Ock at the next, you know. You know, it, it was just a, a red square. And some people were making like a huge, it's a disgrace that they're, they're selling advertisements on the base. Why not put an advertisement on the base? You know, everything else, you know, it's the Coca-Cola lineup mixed with a Budweiser defensive alignment and brought to you by Chevy. Put a Chevy logo right on it. I don't care. I don't care. And if, and if anything, 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 anything it will do is put more money in these teams' coffers and make their pleas of poverty have a little less validity. So what are you talking about? You're selling advertising all over the place here. Well, yeah, that's like the main point. Like as fans, we're going to have to get used to this because MLB opened up this opportunity, I think, April 2022. So this is still something that's brand new. So we're going to see more teams add more logos to the jerseys over the next few years. But at the same time, as fans, as we're coming to grips with this, we need to raise our voices, like you're saying, and saying and fight back to the owners of front offices and saying, you're putting more money in your pocket via these jerseys. We better see that money be poured into the team, into the on-field product, because we're tired. This or this past offseason was a great example of teams shelling out money. And if you want to compete in today's game, you got to spend a little money because it seems like over the next few off-seasons, 
more players that hit free agency are just going to continue to get big time contracts. Like once Otani hits free agency next year, we'll see what kind of contract he gets. So once MLB teams start putting more jerseys on their pockets or more jerseys, more patches on their jerseys, we need to see more money in the players pockets because we need to see better products on the field. And if you follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, and you really should be, um, I posted there was a picture that uh, Danny uh, Vietti, I think is how you pronounce his name, uh, I, ret- I retweeted something he posted, which was a picture of Padres Fan Fest, the, what Petco Park looked like at Fan Fest 2015 versus 2023. In 2015, there's a, some scattered people, and like, oh, it looked like some nice people showed up, and now it's jam packed filled with people in other words they invested in their team and then that investment means they're putting a better product on the field and you're getting the fan base interested and each one of those people are throwing money back in your pocket if this money will help fan fest tampa bay will help fan fest oakland will help fan fest miami will put some money in their coffers so they can make the effort to put a quality product on the field then do you what if the price to pay is a uniform that has a patch on it. Let's face it. In terms of Diamondbacks uniform aesthetics, the most beautiful thing ever appear in a Diamondback uniform wow. has been that patch because they've had, what, 95 uniform? A lot. Uh, a lot. And a lot. we're still waiting for the first good one. Oh, so- <laughs> hey, the Serpientas are fire. Don't you disrespect <laughs> Okay, them. fine, fine, fine. Look at, But look, at, it is an absolute, it, it, you know, I, I'm just, I'm all for, doing what's going to be the best to make the game healthy financially. Yeah. I mean, I just want to any team that claims small market. I don't want to hear that excuse anymore. That's the part of being an owner that I don't understand putting money into your team will lead to more money in your pocket. When you have a winning product, when you have players on the field that fans want to buy jerseys of, that's going to put more money in your pocket. So with these patches going on jerseys, more money in the owner's pod, uh, more money in the owner's pockets. Let's see that money redistributed to on the field, please. No more small market talk. Hey, let's pause for a second and talk a little bit about FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Millard, are you expi- Are you excited about – let's start this again. Okay. Hey, everyone, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Millard, are you excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked oh. On? I am, Sully, because I hear it's the number one sports book in America. Yeah, and guess what? I'm new to FanDuel. Maybe some of you are, too. Well, that makes it even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun, and did I mention easy? Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your team doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, which is the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hey, Miller Thomas, resetting here. Uh, we just talked a little bit about FanDuel, but let's talk about some of the stuff that FanDuel may want to have us betting on. Throw some of the the 
potential bets we could be doing on here? What are they what are they posting in terms of lines and probabilities and and uh so in case they want to, you know, let it ride, roll them bones. Yeah, if you want to let it ride and place some bones down, Sully Baseball FanDuel just dropped some new odds down for teams to win their division, teams to make the playoffs, or just straight up over under win totals. And some of these win totals I thought were a little funky. The first one I talked about on my podcast, of course, obviously was the D-backs win total mm-hmm. because they're sitting at 74 and a half wins. And if you want, we could juxtapose it with your favorite team, the San Francisco Giants, who are sitting at 81 and a half wins because I just felt like the D-backs and Giants just should have been closer in these two over under win totals because you know where I stand on this. I do know where you stand on it. Um, I think the Giants are going to be, I think the Giants, we've talked about this before. I don't think they were as bad as they were last year, nor did I think they were as good as they were in 2021. I think they're somewhere in the middle. Um, I think that would put them in the mid 80s. Uh, but keep in mind that doesn't take into account what the Padres have evolved into. Um, it's I'll tell you one of the interesting things about the NL West. I know it's an it's a balanced schedule now, so the interdivision mm-hmm. uh, play isn't as critical as what it used to be, which is another argument to just get rid of divisions altogether. Let's get rid of divisions and have and mm-hmm. have a seeded playoff system. Because I'm mean, sorry if it doesn't matter. I, okay, different different topic, different show, different show. Um, I'm eager to see what happens with the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers are going to be a – they still have holes on their team. There's obviously, they won like every game last year, so they're still going to be excellent. Uh, the other teams in that division, obviously, the, the Rockies are going to be awful. Yep. Sorry, Paul Holden. They're going to be terrible. And the Padres are going to be very good. So – the Giants and the Diamondbacks could very well be very close together. The Diamondbacks have good pitching. Not great pitching, but they have good pitching. They have a lot of very good young talent on their team that could explode or could be green. Either way, the Giants can the Giants have okay players everywhere. But that was what was so frustrating for you know, Ben Kaspik and all the Giant fans who were hoping to insert an Aaron Judge or insert a Carlos Correa so you have that centerpiece for the team that all these pretty good players can go around them and so you don't have that nucleus. You don't have the Buster Posey in the middle of this team anymore. And you saw the value of a Buster Posey, whether or not it was statistical or not, when you saw how the team, you know, didn't fare well last year. So I, I, I think... What is it? They said what about a five game difference between five mm-hmm. or six game difference not, between the two? Not of them? crazy, not crazy. I don't think that's crazy at all. And and I wouldn't and I think the, the Giants are gonna have a winning season, but not by a lot. And I think the Diamondbacks are gonna be very, very close to five hundred. Um they are one rookie sensation evolving away from being a, a 500 or better team like Baltimore was last year, where a lot of that young talent kind of exploded at once. That's within the realm of possibility for the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're talking about who the best young rookie of the year, this and that, they're always going to mention a Diamondbacks player. Oh, yeah. For the next couple of years. For the next bad. couple of years. So like with Baltimore, with the Rutschmans and all of them, there is the possibility of those players emerging simultaneously. And you could have what happened, like what happened with Washington in the early 2010s, 
where they became a playoff team like a year or two ahead of schedule. Um, that is a distinct possibility for Arizona, which would be a nightmare for San Francisco. Because right now, I think they're, I, I do think the D-backs and the Giants are pretty close together. I think the Giants have more major league talent now. And I think the Diamondbacks have a higher ceiling. Like the Giants have more proven major leagues than the, than the D-backs. But the D-backs have players who could just explode. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes the comparison of those teams. I actually don't have a problem with either one of those picks. I think that those either one of those numbers. I think it's a little low for Arizona, but I definitely not. I, I think it's it's definitely doable. Yeah, and if you think they are pretty close, and and the odds for the Giants to win the division are plus twelve hundred or plus twelve hundred, if that doesn't scare you, and you think the Giants are kind of close to the D backs, D backs are plus four thousand to win the NOS. So might as well just sprinkle it over the D backs instead of the Giants. If you think both teams are close and both teams at least have some sort of a shot of winning that NOS division, but Sully, I got another fun one for you. How about the Battle of New York, New York Mets? versus New York Yankees. Both teams projected 94 and a half wins. Do you like both of those teams to go over that, under that, or do you like one team to maybe go over and the other team to go under? I think 94 is a great pick for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic pick for the Yankees. Uh, I do think they're a mid-90 win team. Um, I think they were a mid-90 win team last year that just had a spectacular first half. And they wound up with 99 wins. So I think the, their great first half probably added on five or more wins because they had the way they played the first half of the season with King and some of the other players who uh, really made the bullpen unstoppable um, and Montgomery in the rotation. Remember, they went through that that stretch, that about a month and a half stretch where they, they couldn't get out of their own way. And then I think things evened out. And I think by September, they were the team that they really were. Like, they probably should have been a 94-95 win team last year, which is a, a very good team. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going into this year. Cole is a very good pitcher. Um, they Nestor Cortez has shown he's a good pitcher. You know, Severino, when he's healthy, is a very good pitcher. Rondon has pitched well. There are lots of injury risks on there. There are some question marks in their bullpen they had some people with great first halves and not so great second halves with the team last year uh, obviously judge had a historic season but are you going to bank on a historic season no. and so I, I do think i think the yankees and the blue jays are going to and probably tampa are going to be biting tooth and nail throughout the season i think 95 is a good pick for the uh, for the Yankees, I would pick a tiny bit higher for the Mets. I do, uh, I do like the Mets pitching staff. I do like the Mets lineup. I do like what the Mets are doing with a team that they're basically they're you know, they went for it last year. They won 100 some odd games. They won 100 games. So I mean, they obviously were very good last year. They had a disastrous finish, but they had a wonderful season until the final week and a half uh, and the playoffs against San Diego. Um, but uh, I, you know, if you if you told me that both teams were going to win ninety four on the dot, that wouldn't stun me in the slightest. I think the Mets may finish a little bit higher, mainly for for this reason: there is more parity in the American League. There are more tomato cans in the in the National League, so the good teams can beef up their their win total. 
the very good teams in the National League are better than the best teams in the American League, I think. But the worst teams in the National League are the worst teams in baseball. So I think that the, the Mets, Atlanta, St. Louis, Los Angeles, San Diego, the really top teams in the National League, are going to beat up the bottom feeders a little bit more than the Yankees could. So that's the only reason why I would pick the Mets. Not that I necessarily think the Mets are better than the Yankees, but I think the National League favors the best teams to beat up the, the, the littler teams more than the American League does. If I had to pick between both of those teams to go over, I think I would actually lean Yankees because I love the pickup of Rodon so much of now seeing a one, two, three combination of Cole, Rodon, and nasty Nestor Cortez. I think it's just going to help out that team so much. I just kind of feel similar about the Mets this year as I do last year, which is they could still win 100 games. I wouldn't be surprised at all. They're going to have that new Sanga pitcher from Japan who could be a huge wild card in that rotation. If the Mets did sign Carlos Correa and ink that deal in, then I would feel totally different about this whole conversation. The Mets were entering the season with Carlos Correa, but because they're not, I'm actually going to lean a little bit closer to the Yankees because the Yankees were already a great team last year, and I think they improved a little bit more than the Mets this past offseason. I think when you take a look at some of the players that had, like they got a very good first half out of Jose Trevino. They got a pretty much a full season on, out of Anthony Rizzo. They had virtually no issues of health-wise from, from Judge. You know, you are asking the Cortezes and the Severinos to have wonderful years again. Clay Holmes, the first half of the year last year, was absolutely untouchable. And the second half of the year, he was a good reliever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're relying on a lot of people to you know, to come back and have those kind of great seasons again. I don't see it happening. This is not me saying I think the Yankees are a very good team. I don't think they're a 100-win team by any stretch of the imagination. I think they're a mid-90-win team. I think that pick is very, very good. And I I think Toronto is that. And I think those two teams, It's to me, at this point, it's a coin toss of who's going to win the division. Because remember, the Blue Jays last year, started off so poorly that they wound up firing their manager and they wound up winning 92 games despite that the Phillies too they fired fired Joe Girardi they win the pennant you know but like everything went wrong for the for and everything went wrong for Tampa last year I didn't recognize half the players who played against Cleveland in the series there and yet they won 86 games and made the postseason so I I think that the Yankees had were piling up wins the first uh, half of the season. And the first half of the season, yeah. the Orioles were bad, and the Red Sox were yeah. You know, the Red Sox actually had a pretty decent first half last year. They fell apart the second half, but the Yankees just fed upon some underachieving teams, and then you know well, they 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 did what they had to do. They won the division by seven games. I'm not taking anything away from them, but I don't think they're as I don't think going into this year. They're going to be a 99-win team. I think it'll be a 95-win team, which is still very, very good. And if they hit 95 wins, guess what, y'all? If you place the over, you still cash out the money with 95 wins. So great for our FanDuel uh, people who want to bet on that. Hey, Miller Thomas, let me tell you something. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't yeah. all the fat and calories? You know I am, Sully. Do you what you should try? What? You, you got to try a built Bar. Ooh. Look at 
We are now into February and we are approaching the next great hurdle for those of you who are trying to be more healthy. And that is Super Bowl Sunday's coming up and you're going to be looking at that giant plate of wings and the big hoagies and the baked ziti and the pizza and the, the sausage or whatever you're going to shove in your mouth. You what? Try to be healthier, at least leading up to it. And that's what you got to try built with built healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you, you won't think they're good for you. In fact, you know what I'm bringing to my Super Bowl party? A big bowl of Built Bars. I'm going to be the hit of the party because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. You heard me right. Real chocolate. And they have great flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I don't know how Built does it. I've asked. They won't tell me. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining unbelievable macros. It's better that they're healthy, 130 calories, Four grams of sugar, a whopping. Guys, sit down. Let me tell you how many protein we got in there. 17 grams of protein, huh? And now you don't have to wait for the box to show up. For years, we've talked about ordering built bars at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk up to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box set of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, which I am, in case you're wondering where I live, you can grab a 13-bar box, which I eat every day, 13 bars a day, with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Miller Thomas, I'm not kidding you. What do you think about the Built Bars? They are fantastic, Sully. The perfect post-gym treat. Built Bars, they're still good. I got another fun one for you, Sully. These two teams, I think, are being undervalued in the over-unders. Okay. Both the Seattle Mariners and Cleveland mm-hmm. Guardians at 86 and a half wins. Oh, yeah. Easy, right? I, yeah, I, I, like the, I like the Guardians to win the division. I like the Guardians pitching. I like the Guardians youth. I like the fact that the Guardians had a year last year. with. I mean, they're, they're the youngest team in baseball with playoff experience and a Hall of Fame manager, and good pitching. And, I, I mean, the White Sox aren't going to have the the late Tony La Russa managing them anymore. <laughs> and I think Minnesota – I think – remember, Minnesota was leading the division in September before they had the disastrous final three weeks. So, yeah, they finished sub-500. They're better than that. But I think Cleveland is the best team. I think they're – I, I would pick Cleveland to win 90 – I like Seattle. Mm-hmm. I like Seattle. I mean, obviously Seattle, the last they won 90 games each of the last two years. One was good enough to make the playoffs. The other wasn't good enough to make the playoffs. Um, obviously, they they made the division series. They got the that proverbial monkey off their back. They're a good team. And they added Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah. And I think that they're I think they're a team that's going to you know, they're going to have another year of Julio of Julio Rodriguez. They're going to have another year with a with a good pitching staff. And without wondering, are we going to make the playoffs? Are we going to make the playoffs? Gonna... Yeah, you did. And you can make it again. So I think both Seattle and Cleveland are 90-win teams. I think Houston's going to win the West. I think Houston's still the best team in the American League. Mm-hmm. I actually don't even think it's close. Um, but... Uh, Seattle is certainly a wild card team, and I think Cleveland is the is the best team in the Central. 
Yeah, I would smash the over on both of them. I just, yeah, me too. I, I don't see how the Mariners don't get to 90 wins just because look at that rotation. You're going to get a full year now of Luis Castillo with the Robbie Rays, with the Logan Gilberts, with the Flexins mm-hmm. and the George Kirby's. Like all those guys are like in their mid 20s. All of them are really good quality starters. Plus, all those guys in your lineup as well with another year of progression. I just love this Mariners team. They're young. I think they're just going to smash that over. And yeah. like the Cleveland Guardians, I think it's just more of a case of I hate that division. Like the Chicago. White Sox are projected at 83 and a half wins on FanDuel. Like, I'm hitting the under on that. I'm not really a big White Sox team guy this year. And the Twins, I think they'll probably do what they did last year. Probably, where do they, where do they have the Twins at? They, they the have twins? the Twins, they are currently sitting at 84 and a half wins. So, one more projected win than the White Sox. So, if I you're, think protect- I, I think that's high for the Twins. Yeah, so I, you got. You got the Guardians at 86, Twins at 84, and the White Sox at 83. Like, someone in that division has to win at least, what, 88 games? So, if I'm picking yeah. someone to win 88 games and win that division, I'm smashing on the Cleveland Cardinals. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. I, think Cleveland. The, I think you have to take the over on the Guardians when yeah. you just compare it to that division. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe one final one, Sully, that I found kind of interesting. The St. Louis Cardinals are only at 88 and a half. Oh, man. I think no. 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 Mm. No. I think they're – I think you're easily a 90 win team. Yeah, because the Brewers are only 86 and a half wins projected, and I think that. And remember, the, Bre- the Brewers, Brewers finished one game behind the eventual National League champion uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Interesting. Um, Phillies 89 I, and a half to throw it out. There. I like the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals team, and I also like that the Cardinals would could potentially be in a position to. Their farm system always seems to produce trade chips. Um, so if they have a hole here or there, they have they have they have so much talent on that team, um, and that organization is so good top to bottom. Yeah, they're not going to have Molina, Molina, you know, and and um, you know some of the the old stalwarts are going to be gone. That doesn't matter with the Cardinals. There's those old stalwarts always gone. So uh, I liked the Cardinals are the team in that division. I like the most, uh, more so than Milwaukee. I don't dislike Milwaukee. It wouldn't stun me if Milwaukee was a wild card team. Uh, but I think Milwaukee is like an 82-83 win team. And I think the I think the Cardinals are gonna I think the Cardinals are gonna win that division by eight or nine games. So I think they're gonna be in ninety if I were to pick a number, force me to pick a number, I'll say ninety one wins for St. Lou. Uh so um I mean again, I could have egg on my face. I picked Jose Barrios to win the Cy Young Award last year. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Uh, I'm sure if you listened to my recordings last year, I was all but guaranteeing the White Sox to win the division. But, you know, but uh, I like St. Louis winning the division. I think White Sox have been like my dark horse AL team the last two years, and they've just completely disappointed. Yeah, Um, that, that horse is glue now. Yeah, uh, the Cardinals, I'm smashing that. I mean, I think they have to hit 90 wins and win that division. I think that's pretty easily. Some other ones that are kind of fun that are quick hitters, the Red Sox are projected 78 and a half wins. I'm smashing the under on the Boston Red Sox yeah. right there. And then just a quick shout out, Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates. I would actually hit the over. Pirates, 67 and a half wins. I don't hate that lineup. I might bet they could win 69 wins or 69 games. I might bet nice. that. Nice. I don't know. Nice. Thank you. Um, nah, I'm. The, I'll believe the Pirates when I see it. Okay, and yeah. I, I don't know if there's any. I don't see they've improved their team by seven games from last year. I don't see it. So we're getting pretty disrespectful with the Oakland A's. Fifty nine and a half wins. That's wow. that's a tough. That's season. a minor league team. <laughs> that's a tough season. That's that's uh the God. 
baseball in Las Vegas would be such a disaster. What are they thinking? What are they thinking? You're not in? You don't, real no, quick, you're not in on Absolute disaster. And, and if you're going to do, if you're going to put it in a new t- city, put it in Nashville, put it in Portland, okay. put it in a city where you could actually support it. Vegas isn't going to support a baseball team. What are we crazy? Mm. What, are we, Na- what are we? Nationals also 59 and a half wins. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And, you know, and that means uh, Dave Martinez will soon be calling up Joe Girardi and Joe Madden as recent World Series winning managers who uh, need to update their LinkedIn page for a job. I think I don't see Dave Martinez surviving the season. Not that it's his fault. Not that it's his fault, but I mean, he has uh, no talent. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, but this is, but that's a, that's a classic move. Uh, well, you know, I mean, they're, they're not good now, Dave. Um, or maybe he'll be like, um, yeah, I don't want to be here for a rebuild. You know, I mean, that's a distinct possibility too. Um, we'll see. We'll see. If you think the AL East could send three teams to, uh, or three, could have three teams that win 90 games again, the Rays are projected 89 and a half and then the Blue Jays 90 and a half. I can see. I mean, I think, the, I think the Yankees and the Jays are going to win the mid nineties. Um, it would not stun me to see the Rays win 90. I think they're going to be high 80s, but it wouldn't stun me to win, see them win 90. Um, and it wouldn't stun me to see all three of those teams in the playoffs again. Hmm. Went through most of the teams there. I think those are all the interesting ones. Rangers are kind of interesting. 81 and a half. I, no, you don't like I don't see it. I don't like this Ranger team. <laughs> I didn't I, love Again, I, I, could, I, could, I could have egg in my face. I don't see it. All I didn't due love respect, All due respect to Bruce Bochy, who I love. I don't see it. I probably agreed after the DeGrom signing, and then they got Nate Valdi, then they got a little Kyle Gibson. I was like, ah, maybe yeah. Simeon bounce back. Yeah, 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 bounce back. yeah, I don't yeah. Know. And please tell me they have a good medical plan for all the injuries for the uh, players you just said. So, uh, look, I love Evaldi. I love does. DeGrom. But there are injury risks, and they're not spring chickens anymore. What happens to older pitchers who are injury risks? They get injured. You know, I'm. Um, this is not a. This is not out of the out of the way prediction on my part. You know what's kind of fun when looking at the division winners: Dodgers minus one forty, Padres plus one forty. Pretty close in the odds. Kind of a toss up between those two teams who win the NOS as it currently stands. Yeah. Well, look at. I, I think as of right now, I'm going to pick the Dodgers until proven until proven otherwise. Um. I, People have gone broke betting against the Dodgers in the division. Um, I'm riding with the X man. I'm riding with the X man to win that uh, division. Padres are going to be very good, very very good. I just, I think the Dodgers are going to win the division because that's just always what happens. Mm, that's fair. It's like death and taxes. Death taxes of the Dodgers winning the division and somehow finding a way to, to lose in the playoffs. Yes, that's what we want to see. I mean, the perfect season is the Dodgers win 105 games and lose in the first round again. I mean, I want to see those franchise records get broken in the regular season so the hearts could be ripped down in the playoffs. Right down the street from me right now, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, look at man. We covered a lot here. Well, man, covered you said you can only do 20 minutes today. Look at you, powering look through. At us. Look at us. Yeah, I am uh, – but uh, um, yeah, we gotta. Uh, I gotta go ice my arm. Maybe do a cortisone shot. Uh, Miller Thomas, tell people where they can follow your great show. Follow my personal Twitter account at Creator Thomas Twenty Four. Follow the show account Locked On Diamondbacks. Just search it up. Twitter, Instagram. Follow us on YouTube as well. Please, Locked On Diamondbacks. Please hit subscribe. And of course, we're on all your podcasting platforms. You can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods and Twitter. T- 
Twister mm-hmm. while you're playing Twister or watching the film Twister uh, or on Twitter. And you can follow me and Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Running out of gas with our friend Miller Thomas. <laughs> two and two when I said I don't know if I had the energy for one. This has been Locked on MLB, Locked on Diamondbacks crossover for the 6th and 7th of February. I'm Paul Francis Sullivan. Call me Sully. That's Miller Thomas. Let's fist pump as I'm about to fall asleep.